0: Here again, the concluding words of our second lesson for today from Romans chapter 8, verse 26. For we do not know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit of God intercedes for us with sighs too deep for words. Dear family and friends of First Lutheran Church, grace and peace to you from God our Father. And from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. How many of you have at times in your life experienced this sense of sighs too deep for words when the Spirit intercedes for us? Times when you just collapse, finding that there's just this absolute failure for any words to carry the heavy freight of life. Times like now when the pandemic has been hanging in the air creating unspeakable loneliness and anxiety. Times when something deep down inside yourself beckons you to pray but you don't even know where to start. And man, what a shocker. To hear that even the esteemed apostle Paul confesses times when he himself doesn't even know how to pray. We think that ease and fluency at prayer comes with great spiritual achievement and intense faith. But here one of Christendom's greatest representatives admits that he finds it impossible to pray as he ought, with sighs too deep for words. So what's the Bible teaching us here? What is St. Paul trying to unload? Could it be that the truest prayers do not easily find words? Could it be prayer that bubbles up and comes trippingly off the tongue is neither rooted very deep nor sends to very much effect. The truth is this, the more real the need to pray, the harder it is to express the need. Jacques Ellul, the French theologian, has perhaps the best one-word definition for prayer. Help, with sighs too deep for words. However, don't presume that silence is bad or that it means that nothing is happening. For in the very silence that surrounded his death, Jesus became the best possible companion for those whose prayers don't seem to be answered. Just hanging there on the cross in thin air. Paradoxically, silence is as much a sign of God's presence as God's absence. For divine silence is not a vacuum to be filled, but a mystery to be entered, unarmed with words and undistracted, as you heard Mark say earlier, by all the noise in the world. And so we hear the Spirit of God speaking through the spirit of the psalmist. Be silent, be still, and know that I am God. It's just then, oft in our silenced failures, with the interceding of the Holy Spirit, that we're best positioned on our knees in humility for true worship. With sighs too deep, for words. The eminent 20th century conductor of the Atlanta Symphony, Robert Shaw, pointed out on the 300th birthday of Johann Sebastian Bach in the Twin Cities that the true worship has essentially two parts. The first is an admission of pain. Second, a deep sense of mystery. For example, note how this pain and this mystery are brought together in one of the church's most well beloved hymns Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. There's what Shaw would call the pain. But you know, the hymn continues I once was lost, but now am found, was blind, but now I see. Here's that deep mystery. So, in worship, and please ponder this carefully with me, we know about ourselves, even though we may not fully understand what we know. Yet, one thing's for sure we know we're not as we should be, as Paul says in Romans 7. We also know there's one beyond ourselves who hears, who understands us, who loves us, yes, who knows us. As St. Paul used to speak of this silence that God intercedes with, so it is that some three centuries later, St. Augustine picked up on it and says, O Lord, you are closer to us you know us better than ourselves. And so our broken lives are coupled together with this redemptive mystery made known in Jesus, the crucified one. Admission of pain and a sense of divine mystery. They symbolize that the deepest longings of the human heart are oft inexpressible that the truest prayers often can't be spoken. It is what we might call inarticulate prayer. And thus the Spirit of God must intercede for us, pray through us, and in that intercession we find ourselves totally dependent upon the Holy Spirit's work. Unable to describe what we need, only knowing that we need something, someone, beyond ourselves. And so listen in as spirit speaks unto spirit. God, I don't know what to say right now, but I need your help. The accident, the failed exam, the rejected application, the divorce, the addiction, the loneliness, depression, the terminal diagnosis. We seek to save ourselves when deep down we know we need an interceding savior. Now the opposite of what we might call inarticulate prayer is what we might call shopping list prayer. When I come to my faith and list my needs and ask God to hear me and grant what I wish, get the picture, that sentence is terribly crowded with first-person singular pronouns. And with such prayer, cluttered with the ego, there's no room left for the other, the thou. That is, there's no room in the in of our hearts for God, and here lies its weakness and destructive flaw. It's a tight-fisted prayer where nothing can get in or out. We hear only our own hollow words, but our words or the worlds cannot intercede and save. Not even all the king's horses or all the king's men. So how can I pray? How can I find the power to pray, we ask. Listen closely here. The power is not in the prayer. It's in the one who hears it. My friends, if there is any one theme that binds all of Holy Scripture together, from Israel's family tree in Genesis to St. John the Seer's dream of the future in the apocalypse of Revelation, it is this, that bios, or life, can only be understood fully in relation to theos, or God. In this relationship, there's often little language but a sigh or a cry. As a mother interprets by some kind of secret wisdom of her own the meaning of her child's feeble cry and hears that cry before anybody else, so God looks into our hearts and understands the need for which we can find no words. As St. Paul counsels us, as you heard Pastor Catherine read in our second lesson, when we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And so the Lutheran theologian Paul Tillich reflects in his study The shaking of the foundations, which is so true for us this time and this day. Tillich writes something new has broken into life's picture here. Yes, a new reality, a new being, a spirit that's distinguished from our spirit, yet able to make itself understood to our spirit beyond us and yet within us. The whole message of Christianity is contained in this statement in Christ and his cross, that the spirit of God has overcome law and despair by the certainty that we are children of God, and there is nothing greater or higher than this, so writes Tillich. But now in shopping list prayer, stuff full of I and me and my, we don't have ears to hear the wonder of this claiming witness of God's spirit that we are children of God. God's grace gets lost in all the groceries. Too often we've learned this the hard way. I recall my first year at Augustana when, as is often the tradition at Lutheran colleges, we took a long winter's tour between J-term and second semester led by the venerable Dr. Lee Lillehog, whom many of you Remember. We returned to campus in early February, a few days into the new semester, and the expectation being that the band, or choir members, or the musicians, would easily catch up, you know, since they're usually the brightest on campus, right? Hmm? Meanwhile, we'd been pensively poring over all of our textbooks while writing on those things, you know, that have the wheels that go round and round as did our stomachs between concerts. Well now as a freshman, I had this biology course. And during the banter, I'd missed a number of lectures and labs, and somehow this became like this unbridgeable abyss. I despaired over the entrails of a cat, was dizzied by all the various carbon chains of photosynthesis or the Krebs cycle, and I couldn't identify a paramecium from a glob of spit. Soon, I'd missed a few more labs and lectures. Finals loomed on the horizon like vultures circling a dead man. But if adversity produces anxiety, it also inspires piety. I at least had Right, that part, as Shaw talks about, an admission of pain, identified. And so I prayed for the deep mystery. Something like this. Oh God, I don't deserve to pass this course, but you are a God of grace. And if I promise never to let this happen again, please help me to luck out just this once. Sound familiar? And so I went in to take the exam. Well, I had a lot of time to think about this as I took the course again the following fall. <laughs> I found that although I had not learned much about biology, I had discovered something about bios, life, and theos, about God. I learned that prayer is neither a substitute for discipline nor a detour around troubled time. It does not change things to suit old moi. I learned that if I had lucked out, then I probably would have been tempted to think that's the way faith or prayer works. It's for squeaking by. It had been easy to pray the prayer. The words came smoothly because I was sure of what I wanted. But don't we so often confuse what we're sure we want with what we really want need deep down? Can we be all that sure of what, as a church, we really need? Might not the appropriate starting point in all humility be to join with Paul again this day in confessing, we do not know how to truly pray, O oh Lord, as we ought. We don't really know what we really need. We, we know we aren't what we should be. We don't want to be what we've been. Begin to make us, O Lord, what we should be and will be, with sighs too deep for words. Finally, family and friends of First Lutheran Church, it is the Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, interceding for our spirits that gives solace to the inarticulate longings that are too deep for words, the admission of pain, that's joined with the deep mystery and healing grace of God's holy presence, lifting up our childlike sighs, our Father, who art in heaven. And God's there with swaddling spirit to borrow the words of one of my favorite singer-songwriters. Winter, spring, summer, fall, all you gotta do is call and I'll be there. Yes, you've got a friend. My friends, the very best and saving advocate in all the world, let us pray. Spirit of God, descend upon our hearts. Wean it from earth through all its pulses move. Stoop to our weakness, strength to us depart. And make us love you as we ought to love. Amen.